0: Welcome to this week's Crowd Church Service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith, and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service uh, will last about an hour, and in a few seconds, you'll meet our hosts uh, for our service who will introduce today's talk after the talk we will have a time of worship and reflection after which we head into conversation street where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments now we want to invite you to connect with us here at crowd church and we've got a few ways in which you can do just that firstly you can engage with crowd from any device during our live stream and if you're up for it why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together? You See, church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our fairly new podcast called What's a Story, uh, where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things can be found on our website at www.crowd.church or you can reach out to us on social media at crowdchurch. If you are new to Crowd or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, why not head over to our website, crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now. Well, good evening and welcome to Crowd Online Church. My name is Matt Edmondson, also known as Batman, and Dan uh, is sat right next to me, also known as Dan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's your Christmas jumper, bro? I know. I
1: um, I need to do something about that. Yeah, it's to that time of year, isn't it? Um, yeah, we're almost there. Trees up.
0: The, the trees up. aren't
1: quite there. Well, the trees up. And I turned the decorations, the lights in the garden on before, but they tripped all the electrics in the house. The electrician. <laughs> I was like, oh, dear. So, I, yes, I need to do some um, some yeah. work on that. And just Perhaps remind me what you do for for a living again, Dan? Yeah. 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 At least I know how to fix it.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, just, just remind me what you do for a living again.
1: <laughs> yeah, electrician. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, If you are joining us for the first time, warm welcome to you. Welcome to our online show show. It's great that you're here. Great that you could come join myself and Dan. We're going to get into uh, the resurrection today. We've got Pete Farrington doing the talk on the resurrection. So look forward to that. We've got that coming up. I do have to explain a little bit about what's going to happen. because It's only a little bit different tonight, Uh, but that's okay. If you are watching on Facebook, a very warm welcome to you. Um, We've pinned the link to the YouTube channel, so do come join us on YouTube if you can, as we are migrating... Crowd live stream to just live stream on YouTube only going forward. So we're still doing both, still doing YouTube and Facebook. Um, So you can still watch us on Facebook. Uh, But if you can join us on YouTube, that would be great. Uh, Good evening, Nicola. Hey, Matt, have you worn the shirt yet? Nicola says no. That will come out, Nicola. Trust me. Oh, yes. We've got a very special Christmas shirt, uh, which Nicola sent in to me, which is awesome. Uh, And so, yeah, I'm really, really excited about that that uh, that shirt so dang you've got you've got some catching up to do but i oh, yeah, i have I
1: definitely um yes need to dig out my jumper yeah at the least. least the very
0: least. least yes get get on it <laughs> now if you uh if you do have a photo of yourself in a christmas jumper we would love to see it and if you don't mind it being on the live stream send it through uh you can whatsapp that through or you could email it through um uh, we would love to see it just like i say just be warned if you send me images there is a chance that it might appear on the live stream. Just saying. Hashtag just same. Okay, so let me. Let, <laughs> uh, I was just about to say, Dan, tell him about the little error that we've got, but it's probably best that I explain it because I've only just explained yeah, it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what has happened uh, is that. Um, We have Pete Farrington this week speaking to us about John's gospel. If you are uh, new to Credo, if you're just joining us, we have been working our way through the gospel of John, right? Um, In a series called Origin, where we're looking at the start of the church, the sort of the Christian movement, the church movement. And we've been working our way quite rapidly through John's gospel with an idea that in the new year we're going to slow down a little bit and work a little bit more methodically through the book of Acts, which I'm very excited about because Acts is just a stonking book. Some amazing stuff happens in Acts. And so um, we asked our speakers to, to speak on certain things. Now, John, uh, Pete, uh, say John, uh, Pete, Pete Farrington is going to be talking, like I say, about the resurrection. For the keen eyed amongst you, you will know. You'll go. Hang on a minute. We seem to How have missed it. A... Yes. yes, we we've missed it. we resurrected
1: missed... <laughs> without um, a critical portion of, of Jesus' life.
0: Yes. Now let me just say that this is not Pete's fault. This is entirely my fault. Um, Uh, that we missed out a piece of scripture. So this week and next week, uh, we've got both Pete Farrington and John Harding talking about the resurrection, uh, which is great and wonderful. And we've got both talks and they're both phenomenal, uh, as you would expect. So we've got some good stuff coming. So, (laughs) But I did realize once we'd got Pete's talk in, I was like, oh, we seem to have missed a little bit of scripture, uh, which is the death, burial, uh, of Jesus, the sort of the bit that sort of leads up to the resurrection. Um, and so what we're going to do is just bring everybody up to speed. Uh, we're going to talk about the death of Christ in quite rapid fashion, which is, I appreciate not giving it its due care and attention, uh, but it, it unfortunately it is what it is on this occasion. Um, but we have talked about the death of Christ quite significantly in past live streams, if you would like to know more about that, especially the online alpha course. You can uh, you can go and look at it in there. So, was that clear enough Dan? Did I explain that well enough? Or did you I just zone so. out when I was yes. talking? <laughs> Partially. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you
1: explained that well. Good. Yeah. Good. So we're jumping straight in. So we're going to jump straight into Conversation
0: Street. Yeah, no, well, yeah. we're going to do a bit of Conversation Street now. We're going to talk about the death of Christ. We're going to bring it up to speed and then we're going to hit Uh, Our normal stride and then we're gonna have a short conversation straight at the end. So we're mixing up a little bit but that's okay because I'm Birdman, man and uh, It it is is the way it is now So let's talk about the death of Christ. Why do Christians talk about the death of Christ? Why do we walk around with crosses on our necks or on our t-shirts or printed everywhere? Why are we so fascinated with this instrument of torture and death in what can only be described as a very odd, um, in a very odd sense, Matt Cruz put in the comments, I'm not Batman, I'm Batman. All I'm saying is you've never seen me and Batman in the same room, I just, I don't need to say anything else. Um, (laughs) So, Dan, any thoughts on this? Why, uh, not whether I'm Batman, but you know, why do Christians, uh, why do we talk about the death of Christ as much as we do?
1: It's, it when you we get so used to it don't we, we get so so used to seeing that cross mm. around like you say around people's necks on churches that's amazing that's the, the symbol of of christians all over the world um forgetting that it was a torture symbol then mm. um, but i suppose the we we're let's put it into just one sentence almost that jesus died tortured, punished for a crime. He didn't commit yeah. for, well, for more than for all the crimes that we committed, he died. Mm. And that's why it's central to our faith that Jesus took on all our, our sin, all the things we've done wrong. The reason that we can't be, couldn't be righteous. The reason that we couldn't be made holy, he said. I'm going to take all those things on because I'm holy and I'm going to die mm. with the great news of what's coming up.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. The resurrection is a critical part. It's a really interesting thing. Have you, have you heard of the divine exchange? You've heard of substitute. It, let's use a theological term, substitutionary atonement uh a very posh term and it's a really interesting idea you know why did jesus have to die well the bible says the wages of sin is death so there had to something somewhere had to had to give way with all this sin um and so there's a i remember years ago my uh little sister uh, amy um she was born 18 years uh I was 18 years old when she was born so there's, there's quite a big age gap between us and I remember standing in um, her bedroom when she was a couple months old and we were changing her nappy and I was up there with my dad uh, so changing her nappy or a diaper for anybody outside of England um, and she was really not well she was really she's quite poorly I mean nothing life threatening but she was just you know when you know what it's like when you've got little kids and they're poorly and my dad said something which actually is the heart of every dad that i've known since and um, i was not a father at the time but i remember dad saying this and i remember it sticking with me he said you know what matt he said i wish i could be sick for her i wish i could take that sickness out of her because she doesn't understand what's going on poor little thing and i wish i could give her my health Right. So what my dad was expressing was what theologians call substitutionary substitutionary atonement was this divine exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Was this desire to take something uh, bad away from your child and give them your good stuff? And so in the Bible, we have this this um, picture where Jesus takes upon himself our punishment our sickness, our disease, our sin, our angst, our anxiety, our brokenness. He takes all of that upon himself, but then he gives us his righteousness, his peace, his joy, his salvation, his um, all of these amazing things which have taken me 30 years and I only feel like I'm just scratching the surface of what they actually mean, right? Um, but it's this divine exchange. And that happened at the death of Christ. So he took upon himself all of that st- stuff from us and gave us uh, his amazing stuff. And it's, it's the story of the gospel, but like you say, Dan, it's nothing without the resurrection, right?
1: Yeah. It was, I mean, it was amazing that he did that for us, but it was the conquering of death, wasn't it? That that's the the, the celebration that it um, he died for us. But in that death, he he conquered death because we're going to find out he rose again.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to get into Pete's talk um, about the resurrection. Then Dan and I will be at, back after that uh, for um, uh, Conversation Street. But actually, after the talk, there's a brief time of worship and then we'll be back for Conversation Street. So uh, get busy in the comments. We'll be in there, Dan and I jumping in, saying hello. Uh, So it'd be great to see you in there and we'll be back in just a few minutes. I'm just looking for the button on my, I'm just going to click the mouse thing on my screen because it's probably easier. Uh, So here is Mr. Pete Farrington uh, talking about the resurrection of Christ.
2: Hello, Crowd Church. It's fantastic to be with you again. And today I'm gonna be walking us through the final part of the Gospel of John. Um, While I do that, I may uh, glance to my right uh, now and then. Uh, It's not because I've got the footy on, it's because I've got a baby monitor here and my little boy is asleep upstairs and hopefully he will stay that way uh, for a little longer. (laughs) Um, So today we're looking at John chapter 20 and uh, we'll start at the very beginning, verse one. So, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark, and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. And so here we see that the first eyewitness of the empty tomb, Mary Magdalene, we've actually met her a few times before, Um, She's the one who Jesus cast seven demons out of. And um, this is massive that she's the first person to see the empty tomb. Um, The Jewish historian Josephus, just a few decades after this, said that a woman's testimony at the time was not deemed acceptable in a court of law because of quote, the levity and boldness of their sex, end quote. Um, A guy called Celsus in the second century Scoffed at the idea of Mary Magdalene being the first eyewitness, calling her a hysterical woman. Um, and he, he talks about her being uh, deceived by sorcery and all this. Um, and then a, a guy called Philo, who was a contemporary of Josephus, said of women that, quote, she easily gives way and is taken in by plausible falsehoods which resemble the truth. The female sex is irrational and akin to bestial passions, fear, sorrow pleasure and desire from which ensue incurable diseases and uh, indescribable weaknesses um, end quote i would like to point out at this point that not all views expressed in this talk are my own um but i, I include those quotes here to give you a, a little bit of a um, glimpse of how women were viewed at the time and uh this is really important because if you were going to make up a story and, and try to make it sound credible, which is what many have argued um, that the, the disciples did with uh, with the tomb and the whole story of the resurrection, uh, you know, if you wanted to come up with a, a mad conspiracy theory and, and you really wanted it to catch on, well, probably the very last thing you would have done in the first century would be to have had a, a woman as the first eyewitness. Um, but let's go back to... Uh, And continuing verse three. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus's head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead so here um, we get our first admissible testimony really um, the presence of two men but if you still want to try and argue that this whole thing was fabricated uh, by jesus's disciples so that It would all kind of match up with what they uh, thought Jesus had been predicting. Um, You've 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 got a big problem um, because clearly resurrection hadn't even crossed their minds. Uh, It says, "For as yet, they did not understand the Scripture that He must rise from the dead." And even Mary Magdalene hadn't considered this a possibility either. She'd only said. Uh, she'd only reported to Peter and John, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've laid him. Um, <clears throat> and I think this verse, uh, this passage also shows us the importance of God's word um, because it's God's word that helps us make sense of the things that we see and experience and walk through in life. It's, it's God's word that helps us to think rightly about him and about ourselves um, and, and about life. And this is why I, I, I kind of take issue a little bit when people say things like, we don't need more theology, we need more experience. I'm like, well, if that's, if that's the case, how are you going to understand your experience? Um, we, we, we shouldn't be pitting the two things against each other. We, we both need to experience God, and we also need to understand him and think rightly about him. Uh, and so studying his word uh is vitally important um to understand what what we experience um but we've talked a little bit about the fact of the resurrection um but let's now think a bit about the meaning of it because we want to we want to see the resurrection um a little bit like how the wise men saw the star in the sky it wasn't just uh oh i see a, a new star in the sky i I see it, and I believe it um, they They saw in the sense that they they perceived it they they understood the the meaning and the significance of it. Um, so what does the resurrection mean? What is its significance? Um, well, I think firstly, the resurrection was a validation of jesus 's deity in, in Romans one verse four, it tells us that jesus was declared to be the son of god in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead so it's a it's a declaration of his deity um, john actually alludes to this a little bit i think in verse 7 of our passage today where his language kind of contrasts jesus's resurrection with the raising of lazarus from the dead um, earlier in the gospel of john in chapter 11 um it, it says of Lazarus and um, that the man who had come out of the tomb, um, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. Um, but Jesus didn't rise in the same way that Lazarus rose. He didn't stumble out of the tomb with his hands bound and his face covered. Um, he, he, he even neatly folded up um, the face cloth and later In this passage, we'll see that Jesus says to Mary, I am ascending to the Father. So he didn't rise like Lazarus to die again. And we see this all throughout scripture where Jesus is shown to be the better. He's the better Moses. He's the better David. He's the better Lazarus. Um, The resurrection was also the authentication of the claims that Jesus made. And I wonder a bit what, what Peter and John might have said to each other on their way back home as they try to come to terms with what they'd seen and make sense of it. Um, you know, I wonder if they'd been like, Hey, John, were you, were you there when Jesus said all that stuff about the Son of Man rising after three days? Do you think like that's got any Do you think that's what we've, what we're seeing right now? Because um, Jesus had said in Mark 8 verse 31. And he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days rise again, Um, without the resurrection, Jesus's death would have been rendered ineffective and insufficient. Uh, In Romans four verse 25, it says that he Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses. For our sins, and He was raised for our justification. So, without the resurrection, we are not justified before God. Um, In one Corinthians fifteen verse seventeen, it it says this explicitly. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. There is no forgiveness without the resurrection, Um, and and there is no hope. That we have outside of the resurrection. Um but the resurrection also means that death has lost its sting and death does not have the final word. In in one Corinthians fifteen, verses fifty-five to fifty-seven tells us, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, And 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 13 to 14 tells us, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep so death is not the end Um, we will rise we too will rise again Um, and the resurrection also means that Jesus's ministry continues Um, I absolutely love this verse in Hebrews 7 um, verses 24 to 25 it says but he that's Jesus holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever consequently He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. So Jesus' resurrection means that Christ's ministry has not ended. And if you are in Jesus, you had an intercessor yesterday, you have an intercessor today and you will have an intercessor tomorrow. He always lives to make intercession for us. He's able to save us to the uttermost. Um, now, going back to our text, um, we see that Peter and John uh, go back to their homes, but Mary stays and is weeping outside the tomb. Um, she, she goes into the tomb and she sees two angels there. And uh, we'll pick up the passage again, verse 13. So um, the angel said to her, woman, why are you, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. So still, she's not thinking about resurrection. Verse 14. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So Mary Magdalene's uh, deeply troubled past didn't disqualify her from from being the first commissioned messenger of the resurrection. It's incredible. She's the first person to see the risen Jesus. Um, and I, I imagine the disciples must have been beside themselves uh, at this point when, when Mary came to bring them the news. It's like, Jesus, you're really not helping us here. If anybody, how is anybody gonna believe us uh, if you keep choosing to reveal yourself to women? Um, but what, what Jesus says to Mary is so beautiful. Uh, remember these are the guys um, his disciples were the ones uh, who who well most of them deserted uh, and even denied jesus and yet he identifies himself with them he he says uh, go to my brothers Um, he uh, he says i am ascending to my father and your father to my god and your god not just my god but your god He identifies himself with us. It's incredible. Um, John 20 verses 19 to 20 um, says, "On, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, "Peace be with you." So just imagine what's going on in the disciples' heads. Um, they had left everything to follow this guy. Um, they'd they then watched Jesus die, or well, most of them deserted him. But they, uh, you know, their hero died. The one they'd pinned all of their hopes on died. They're now scared for their lives, and they've. They've now got this this woman claiming he's alive. Um, and they, they must have been racked with with terror and doubt. You know, like, was everything that, that we'd seen just crowd hysteria? Was it just hype? Was it just smoke machines? But even with the doors locked and barricaded, Jesus can reach you wherever you are. Jesus can do things that no one else and nothing else can do. And the disciples... They didn't just need uh, to read the latest self-help book or do the latest personality test or just find the road back to their true selves. They needed to see the risen Jesus. Nothing else, nothing else can bring us hope. And Jesus comes to these weak, uh, these sinful, cowardly and faithless men who had deserted him. And the words that he chooses to greet them with is just astonishing. He says, peace be with you. We, we cannot miss the significance of this. Um, the disciples must have been stunned because not only is this the man that, that uh, had been crucified um, before their very eyes, but perhaps even more astonishingly, he claims to come with peace. How could there possibly have been anything but disappointment, anger, fury and condemnation in Jesus's face? But what Jesus does next answers that very question. Because what does he give as a symbol or, or a sign or justification of, of, uh, of him coming in peace? He shows them his hands and his side. And it, it is only then that we're told that the disciples were glad to see the Lord. Because you see, their, their shame and their guilt actually rightfully told them that but for some miracle, but for the blood of Jesus to stand before him, to stand before the king would be a terrible thing because they were, as are we, deserving of nothing but punishment and wrath. Jesus is telling them that the resurrection is the receipt. The debt that was owed has been paid in full. God's wrath for those who are in Christ Jesus has been has been fully Uh, laid on jesus it has been fully spent on jesus and there's nothing outstanding Um, um, paul tells us in romans 8 verse 1 that there is now there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus jesus then repeats the greeting um, to make sure they've got it he says it again peace be with you the resurrected jesus brings peace Um, and he he, he shows them his hands and his side um, because that is how God demonstrates his love for us. Mm-hmm. Romans 5 verse eight says that, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is how he demonstrates his love for us. He, he points the disciples to that demonstration of his love. He points them to the cross. And I wonder if at this point, uh, it occurred to any of the disciples that Jesus had had already said this to them. Um, At the Last Supper, Jesus had said to his disciples uh, in John 14, verse 27, "'Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid.'" And this really begs the question, well, how does the world give? In what way does the world give? And I think um, at least one way that the world gives is that, um, or at least one way that, that, that we as humans give is that it's really much easier to um, give extravagantly to someone who is maybe quite well off, um, who you know is very good at giving gifts, uh, someone who, who just really gets you, um, and, you know, and whose gifts you won't end up just taking to the charity shop the first week of January or trying to palm off to someone else as a gift next Christmas. Um, but it's different with God, isn't it? Because all that I have to give to God is dust, and yet he gives me life all i have in my heart to give him is chaos and confusion and he brings peace he gives me peace this is true generosity um because i cannot pay back um what he's what he's given you know if someone um it's just so easy isn't it to give to someone who um who who you think probably has the ability to give you something really good at some point in the future it is not so with us. All I have to give him is myself, and 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 he gives me everything, namely himself. Um, we we have the tendency to to be fascinated and get distracted by uh, the peripheral benefits of the Christian life, when the greatest treasure that God gives us is Himself, and there really is no miracle greater than. a a sinner and a traitor standing before the risen king and hearing those words peace be with you my peace i give you he is so generous that even though we can give him nothing we can only give us we can only give him ourselves he gives us everything himself so thank you very much for listening guys and um yeah well that's it bye
3: darkness fades into new beginnings as we lift our eyes to a hope beyond all creation waits with an expectation to declare the reign of the lord our god we will not be moved when the earth gives way For there is a one who's overcome And for every fear There's an empty grave For there is a one who's overcome Now the silence breaks In the name of Jesus As the heavens cry let the earth respond all creation shouts with a voice of triumph to declare the reign of the lord our god we will not be moved when the earth gives way for there is a one who's overcome and for everything there's an empty grave The earth gives way, for there is a one who's overcome, and for every fear, there's an empty grave, for there is a one who's overcome.
0: Welcome back. Uh, Great talk, Pete. Uh, Mm -hmm. Great talk. I was grateful that his son didn't wake up. Or maybe he did and he just paused it in the middle and we never knew because it was edited out. (laughs) uh, It was great. Uh, Great, great talk there from Pete. Always love, love when Pete talks. Just the simplicity of the gospel. He's great at bringing that, which is fantastic. So, Dan... Ah, oh, that's the first question, Bud. <laughs> go on then. Let's go for it. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Um, what stood out to you most about Pete's talk?
1: I, like you say, he he's really clear, isn't he? He brings across the message in all ways. Um, well, this is—I've heard this the story so many times and read it, and just different bits he 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 brought out. And um, uh, the big bit at the start was that if this was a conspiracy, why use a woman's testimony as the first testimony? Mm. I love it. I love that Jesus said, Mary Magdalene, I love you. You're going to be the first person to see me. I love it that she was a a woman in that culture in that time. That Mm. wasn't the dumb thing to do. I love it that now when we're in an age of, of political correctness and making sure you know he was there (laughs) this was 2000 years ago been there done that Uh, I just yeah I love how and I love that he said Mary
3: Mm.
1: and that's when she knew it was him when he calls us by name when he speaks to us that's just a beautiful
0: thing yeah sounded like you now saying that beautiful (laughs) thing (laughs) my work here is complete ladies and gentlemen (laughs) I'm off (laughs) No, it's totally true. It's funny, isn't it? How um, she the, the the conversation that Jesus has with Mary, and Mary doesn't recognise Jesus. It's really intriguing to me. I, I yeah. read that and I go, how is that possible?
1: Yeah, because it's not I like was she didn't know. Talking about it.
0: Yeah, how did how did she not know? And there's when you read, uh, I think it's in Luke's gospel. He goes. He sort of appears to people on the road doesn't he and they're talking for ages and they don't know recognize it's yeah. Jesus either and so it's not just Mary it's the fellas as well who don't yeah. recognize the risen Jesus and it's really intriguing to me how how that actually works because she would have met him she talked to him she was familiar with Jesus and yet she didn't recognize that this yeah. was the risen Jesus and he can it's interesting isn't it that um, you look at that and go, goodness, no, how many times, Jesus, have you been stood there? How many times have you been speaking to me and I've just not recognised it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're just kind of like, yeah. it's a lot, right? I mean, is, there's, mm. there's, there's, I'm going to have more than Mary. I know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just have more than Mary. But it's interesting, and it's not until he says her name that she goes, aha! Now, that's really interesting, isn't it? So, yeah, I was fascinated by that, uh, Dan. I was, I, and I'd, I'd not really pulled that out, but just as Pete was talking, it's nah. like, yeah, this is a really interesting part of the conversation mm-hmm. that she has. And I think yeah. for us, we can be like that, can't we? We can. We, Jesus can be talking to us, and we just don't recognise him. But somehow, yeah. when he calls our name, we. Something just happened. And I guess this is my testimony as a Christian. It's like, it wasn't until I felt him call my name that everything sort of fell into place. And I went, ah, now mm. I understand the risen Christ. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Amazing. Yeah. I, I'm the same.
1: It wasn't, uh, I was brought up in a Christian family. Um, my dad is an evangelist. He would go all around the right around the world um, speaking about Jesus. I'd heard the gospel Lots of times. so I knew I knew the gospel, but it's when I knew it was for me that mm. was the difference. Like, yeah, yeah. I so know when he your called dad, your name for my dad, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And you, I guess, mm. in some respects, like Mary had heard Jesus talk about all these things all, all that time, just like you'd heard your dad yeah. say the same message over and over again. I mean, I didn't grow up in the church, so I'd not, mm. um, but for you, you'd heard the message over and over again. But when he called your name, that's when it was personal to you, right? Yes. Yeah, That was that moment that that happened, uh, which is just fantastic. So, <sighs> yeah, love it. Love the topic. Love the topic. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things uh, that also intrigues me about this story, right, is the fact that Jesus has to show them his hands uh, and his side. And the reason he does this, if you're not familiar with the story, is he was nailed to the cross. So in theory, the nails went through his hands and there was a spear thrust into his side. And so it's only when that they saw those that they were like, okay. And was it at the end of the, the movie, I don't know if you remember Dan, it's been a while since I've seen it, The, um, the Passion for Christ, the where passion. at the end, yeah. the sort of the camera shows him standing up and you saw the light yeah. the shining through yeah, his right. So uh, yeah, yeah. Really quite intriguing. You know what this tells me? Um, this was a risen body. This was a risen, healed body, but it still had scars. And yeah. I think, um, I remember once being in, it sounds a bit odd, I suppose, but I remember once being in a church uh, church meeting, and I remember, I just felt God tell me I needed to say something to somebody in the meeting. I, in church circles, we would say, he gave me a word for somebody. And I, I said this to this uh, beautiful lady. I said, listen, here's the thing. I know that God has healed you. Right, because I can sense, I just God has healed you of something, and and I I appreciate that He's healed you of something, but there are scars that still remain, and we have to deal with the scars. Uh, And it was just a really, it was just this really interesting revelation. I'd not really thought about it until that very point that actually, as Christians, we can be healed of all kinds of things. I mean, even non Christians can get healed. I mean, you'd have to be a Christian to get healed, but. but sometimes the healing is good but the scars still remain. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and actually mm. being aware of that I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So just throwing that that's a free one. Just throwing that yeah. out there. <laughs> just throwing that out.
1: Well that um Pete goes on to talk about um the difference between Lazarus rising from the dead. And Jesus rising from the dead. Jesus didn't need any help. He came out of that tomb. Mm. Um, he didn't stumble out. Um, he didn't have someone come to him and have to take off those um death clothes, those the mm. you know, the clothes of the tomb. He he came out because he was he was God and he came out in his own power. Um like Lazarus was raised by Jesus's word but then still is told his friends say oh, go and help him go mm. and take those bandages off his eyes and um he still
0: needed the help mm. yeah it's the and the fact that Jesus took his time to fold his clothes i just find the most extraordinary it's yeah. you you sort of read what is going on it's the mm. most extraordinary event and he takes the time to make his bed and fold his clothes Take note, my teenage children, take note. <laughs> if Jesus can fold his clothes, then so can I. Uh, and uh, something I have to learn. Nicholas put here in the comments, um, sometimes the change in people, um, be it good or bad, can make them unrecognizable. Which is actually, that's actually, I like mm-hmm. that. I love that, Nicola. Very yeah. insightful. That actually... Um, when there has been a significant change, people do become unrecognizable mm. in a good way, hopefully, and not yeah. hopefully in a bad way. Um, and that's 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 quite nice, actually. When you've met yeah. with the risen Christ, do you become unrecognizable? I like yeah. that. Yeah, I like that. Good thought. Good thought. Mm-hmm. So I I'm, I'm noted uh, Pete's comment here. Done. Um, we do not need the latest self-help book or personality test. Um, Hope is found in seeing the risen Jesus. Really interesting comment, isn't it? Because there is this, um, there is this self-help kind of trap, I think, for Christians, that actually you you fall into this trap of, if I just do this a bit better, then I will be better. Live your best life. I can live my best life, do you know what I mean? And it sounds all very nice and warm and fuzzy and lovely. And all a bit self-helpy. Do you know what I mean? I just need to have a positive mental attitude. I just need to do this. I just need to yeah. do that. Um, but the reality is, without Christ, self-help is just that. It's just you're just relying on yourself, right? But it's yeah. only when you meet with the risen Christ that Nicholas says that maybe you find that unrecognizable change. Don't know. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I I like that. I've, um, that he. Yeah, I'd put that that he's he's our hope. Yes. It's not to say that reading books, learning from people isn't we don't need that because we do. Mm, mm. But sometimes we can put that above that what what God has done. Yeah. We can raise that higher. We can try and do it in our own strength. Mm. Um and that's what other religions do. They try to it's all about you, it's about what can I do mm. to attain perfection? We can't attain perfection. we just got to have that hope which is Jesus Christ, yeah, and in him, yeah, in him we have that hope and I always um I used to have a like a, our church used to have small small um youth groups there was some lads in my youth group, and um, I'd talk about hope and say. In the UK, if you're not in church circles, hope can be a bit like a wish. Mm. We use it in the same way. Ah, oh, I really wish that I'd get a bite for Christmas. really hoped mm. that I'd get a bite for Christmas. Yeah. It's not that. Hope, our hope is is steadfast. It's not a wish. It's something mm. that's happened. It's something that Jesus is our, yeah. Yeah. Is that fixed, steadfast. Um, sure
0: steadfast, yeah.
1: Yeah, in Hebrews, we're people, people brought it out that utter, he saves to the uttermost yeah. I love I love the Bible because it has all the 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 definite words not the gray words <laughs> all the you know yes yeah, uttermost yes um a hope a steadfast rock you know
0: yeah yeah I love that yeah absolutely it's um no, it's great it's wonderful isn't it and and I think again you're right I think you're right that actually it's not bad to learn things. It's not bad to read the self-help books. But if they're in place of Christ, I always liken it to um, you can spend all your life trying to become perfect to realize that you're not perfect. Or you can come to Christ. He makes you perfect. And then you can spend all your life working for him. And that's one way you're, you're trying to build something that Christ freely gives you. And then you you work out of that. Now, am I saying that I don't sin or I don't do anything wrong? No, not at all. But that doesn't change the fact that God made me righteous, right? And um, the, and and all of that. just So I don't need to attain something I've been given. But because I've been given it, I can uh, build God's kingdom. That's my plan, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. kingdom builders, that's what we are. So, um, Yeah. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So uh, Matt put in the comments So, just reminded, there are no midweek prayer Zoom groups. Uh, that's true, there are no prayer groups this week. Um, as we are meeting in person at Chester Cathedral, if you're around, uh, we're going to go to the Carol concert. Um, as put on by Mr. Mark Mitchell, who, coincidentally, has just been on Watch the Story. So if you're not subscribed to Watch the Story podcast. Uh, let me tell you to head over to CrowdChurch, www.crowd.church, the website, or you can go to whatsthestorypodcast.com. i com. take you exactly to the same place, I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you can listen to Mark Mitchell's podcast and you can listen to him tell his story about how he lost his car dealership when he decided not to open on Sundays, uh, but how a very short time later, some really incredible things happened as a result. Um And how he's got, you know, he's he's describing as a Christian entrepreneur. Really phenomenal story. And actually a few years ago, had a brain hemorrhage uh, and almost died. So um, real, real incredible stuff. So dig into that. That's on what's the story. He's um, made, he doesn't know it,
1: but there was a, he had impact on my life because I bought a car from him. I took my then girlfriend with me to get the car. He Gave me some flowers, which I then gave on to. Not that I'm trying to do things on cheap, but (laughs) lots of nice flowers. Um, But then we went out for our first date, which I say was TGI Fridays, and um, Lisa says was Chiquitos. I think I'm right, but we all yeah. No, you're not, Dan.
0: Don't just. What's wrong with you, man? Your your wife is right, dude. Come on. Excellent. So yeah. you got your flowers and gave them to your now wife. So, Mark Mitchell, you, you have just no idea of the impact yes. uh, that you've uh-huh. had. So, yeah, at least it's the <laughs> <comments>. <laughs> Oh, no uh, Lisa says I assume Lisa you're saying he's wrong that no, I'm wrong because I'm saying that you're right just want to point that out I know whose side I'm on right in this conversation uh, while we're live on air Dan when we're off air it'll be different but when we're live there's no way uh, so yeah check out What's the Story with Mark Mitchell we've also recently released an episode called The Need to Encourage Men that was my conversation with the legendary Al Marshall so they're both on What's the Story do check them out crowd.church or whatsthestorypodcast.com uh, Dan, next week, tell the good folks what's happening.
1: Next week, we have um, the resurrection again, but this is with John Harding. Um, so, um, yeah, really interesting. He'll pick out some different points of what we've spoken well about what Pete's spoken yep. about today and what we've, we've discussed.
0: Yeah, and you've got Anna hosting with John Farrington, who will be great in Conversation Street. Looking forward to hearing what they've got to say. Mm -hmm. So do come and join us again next week. If you haven't done so already, make sure you like and subscribe to CrowdChurch on YouTube. Just hit that little bell notification. Um, uh, You'll you'll see uh, when we go live. Uh, So thanks, everyone, for joining us. Oh, we've got Caleb Mark watching from Kenya. Awesome. Great to have you, bud. Uh, mm. uh, it's great that you're here. Great that you're joining us. Um, so, that's it from as uh, at Crab. We're going to finish a few minutes earlier tonight at the request of Mr. Mac Crew. Uh, actually, and also because um, the... England football is on basically, and we, we, you know, we all want to go watch the game. So, Isaac's also watching for Captain Man. We've got a lot of people from Kenya watching, so uh, great that you're joining us. Uh, all the comments are coming up now. Uh, so, that's it from myself, that's it from Dan. Like I say, any questions, head over to our website, www.crowd.church, where you can connect with us. You can subscribe to our newsletter, you can reach out to us on social media at Crowd Church. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can send in prayer requests, we do pray for you throughout the the week which is just great fun Uh, and um, yeah loving the fact that uh, international got folks from Kenya folks all over the world watching what's going on Uh, and great that you're here so Merry Christmas to you we are in the season of Advent now so uh, we will be ramping up to Christmas for our Christmas service on the 18th next week like Dan said we have got um, John Harding the week after that we have got a talk called Finding Peace in Difficult Times carrying on Pete's revelation about peace earlier uh, so we're going to get into that a little bit so wherever you are in the world thank you so much for joining us it's been an absolute treat and pleasure to be with you anything else from you dan i
1: just wanted to finish with um i wrote it down here he can reach us anywhere pete just briefly said he said uh, they were in a locked room and jesus was there and if you mm. think that you can't be reached if you think you're in a place that god can't get to you he can <laughs>
0: even can if it's a lot anywhere. room yeah brilliant yeah. that's a great final thought uh, maybe we should have a slot called the final thought slot we'll <laughs> think about that uh no doubt Matt Crow will remind me um so yes good night all thank you so much for joining us god bless you we'll be back next week that's it from myself that's it from dan the live stream is now going to end uh and we're working on a slightly better outro type thing so it doesn't end as abruptly as it's going to do right now but um yeah that's it uh god bless you see you next week bye for now folks